This is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis from Providence Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Paul, Garrett, and Bruce provide their clients and prospects the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is making finances easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis. Good morning. This is Making Finances Easier. Uh, we are Providence Advisors Group. Glad to join you again this Saturday morning. Uh, if if anything we say this morning uh, you have a question about or you'd like to get in touch with us, you can call us at 865-770-5031, or we've even set up a website, makingfinanceseasier.com. We have a button in the top right. You can um, schedule an appointment in the upper right-hand corner, and uh, we'll, we'll get back to you within a business day. And, uh, you know, it's good to be back this morning. I have Paul Cochran with me. How you doing, Paul? I just can't complain about anything. Okay. Well, this morning I woke up and I could barely see out of my window. It was so foggy. I actually thought about you because I thought, I bet you're not doing as many early morning uh, bicycle rides. No, those have uh, ended. Sun has come up late, later in the morning. My wife, Eve, is a big runner. And I think this morning she headed out the door at like 745 or 750. But I've, I've heard you say quite a few times in the past, I love my bike rides in the summer where I can wake up at 6.30, or maybe not wake up, but be there uh, starting your ride early in the morning. But uh, trivia question this morning, maybe just for you, uh, what was the what was your favorite or most memorable bike ride of the summer of 2023? Ooh, great question. You know, I'm really into it, and I realize when you ask that question, I'm so into it that... It's like, well, what was my last ride? Because my last ride's almost my favorite. Uh, um, but I think I think one that might take the cake, and maybe it's just because it's in re- recent memory, uh, m- me and one of my clients and another cycling buddy uh, here just maybe three weeks ago, we met uh, on a Saturday morning over at Loudon Municipal Park right there off 72 uh, down, down in Loudon and did a oh it was a 77 mile loop and we did i mean it was absolutely beautiful out in uh, loudon county i think we went into meg's county Uh, you know we'd go we'd go 30 minutes easy without seeing a car that's my favorite kind of ride and we're out in the country and on some roads that unless you live on that road there's no you got no business being on that road um so we we went uh, west all the way out to Watts Bar, and it seemed like we went like 12 miles up the river. I mean, it was just absolutely beautiful. I think because of some of the uh, some of the dryness, I can't. I don't know if it was soy or what kind of beans it might have been, but there were fields that were a little bit. The leaves were a little bit yellow, but it made a beautiful rolling little yellow hills and the little morning glories. I think that's what they were. Just this incredibly pretty blue little flowers beside the road, and then at least eight or nine times we 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 would look at each other and go, "Can you believe how beautiful this is?" And so that's one of my favorite things about cycling is we're out there, we're enjoying just the beauty of East Tennessee, and 
East Tennessee has some of the best uh, cycling in, gosh, in the country. And so, anyway, that would probably be I, it. I was just thinking, I I, uh, I didn't hop on a bicycle this summer, but I, I thought I could share a funny story about bicycling. Uh, one of my favorite memories from the summer was, uh, I, I don't remember if it was June or July, but I was out with my daughter. We were somewhere, and I get a text from Paul, and Paul says, hey, I'm stuck. I've got a flat tire. Uh <laughs> Can you come pick me up? Actually, it uh, wasn't a flat. Remember my seat post? Oh, that's what it was. Your your seat post fell down. But, uh, you know, it's like anything. I think uh, Sandy was out of pocket, and uh, you were stuck you out. In, me out. You were stuck out in Kingston somewhere. And I forget where Ella and I were, but, uh, you know, it's kind of neat modern technology we have the you know find my friends and so you were you just shared your location with me and uh i think we were on our way home i think we were in our driveway and uh, i said ella we're going to turn around and uh (laughs) we drove out to kingston in the middle of nowhere and i guess we picked you up at the gas station there on the kingston exit but then we had to track down your car and uh for all the amazing biking stories out there's probably one or two where you get stuck in the middle of nowhere and have to get bailed out but that was an interesting insight to the biking world Yeah, I had to get picked up twice this year. Once um, I had a I had a flat and I didn't have the I I, I couldn't I I just couldn't get it fixed. I couldn't try to repair it and couldn't get it fixed. And just on rare occasions, maybe once every two years that happens. Um, But then the one you're talking about, uh, it was a new bike and the seat post dropped and there was a unique little uh, little hex head that that I didn't have the tool for with me, so I would have had I would have had to have ridden like forty miles standing up, you know. Well, so a hundred dollar question here: Does AAA come to the to, <laughs> no to the rescue for bikers I with don't a flat think tire? So. Have you I, ever tried? I, you know, I've never tried. <laughs> so um, I was traveling somewhere, see if yeah. they come pick you up. Yeah. Uh, Usually we carry what we need, you know, to fix everything on the way. So that that rarely happens. No extra seat post, though. But it's great to have friends like you who'll bail bail me out when I'm in trouble. Well, moving on to financial matters, because that's why people have tuned in to make finances easier. And one of the things that we hit on with every single client without exception is social security and so why are we talking about social security today well they just released the 2024 social security changes and so they affect several different issues the main thing that's happened is they've made a a way for this cola that um, that is a cost of living adjustment that's going to change several little items in here. So uh, let's just walk through some of these. So first, uh, let's talk about uh, what, what's the biggest change in Social Security in terms of a COLA that you've seen since you started, and then what is what's happened this year? Yeah, um, well, like you said, every – Every October, it's usually right around the UT Alabama game, which is happening, I think, this weekend. Uh, you know, it's just as exciting as the balls in the Alabama game <laughs> is that Social Security releases the updated cost of living adjustment are, numbers. Are we nerds or what? Uh, it really is the best time of year for a financial planner uh, that lives in Knoxville. <laughs> Go balls, by the way. Um, yeah, so I, I was just looking at this sheet of paper I have in front of me. Uh, I type in every fall 
you know, this year, 2024 Social Security Changes, and it's a sheet that the Social Security puts out every year. And uh, I, I guess my the first year I was here was 2013 that I was getting into this, and so I would have seen my first one in 2014. And so it's been 10 years of tracking these numbers, and, you know, year to year they're small and uh, maybe seem insignificant, but what we're going to talk about today is when you add up decade after decade, they become pretty significant. And so... Uh, when I first started, I'll answer the opposite part of your question, Paul. Uh, we were in a in a season in the you know the teens, twenty thirteen through twenty nineteen, of a very low inflation in the United States, and so I think uh, like my first year it might have been like one percent, and then it dropped to point. Uh, two percent which was i was doing these social security workshops and i had you know i said that year they're going to give you a cost of living adjustment of 0.2 percent and everybody laughed and uh you know basically said why even give us that but yeah let me interrupt you for a second what was interesting during that season if you remember when we would bring out the financial planning software and we would counsel to add some inflation and people were like inflation but no we don't need to add you know we so we'd have to kind of talk through that that we're in a season where there's not much but over time there is inflation yeah we really had to push people that prices could go up and that two and a half percent was average yeah uh, yep. people aren't pushing back on that anymore they no. realize that's a, that's a very real thing if anything they feel like that's underestimated yeah. um so anyway they were they were really low there in the initial period um I think 08, 09, it might have been 0% cost of living adjustments. But that's changed in the past couple of years since 2020, uh, 2021. Last year, we saw our biggest cost of living adjustment in a long time. It was 8.7%. And so you can imagine uh, if you had a $3,000 a month benefit and you multiply that by an additional 8%, uh, if it was 10%, that'd be $3,300 a month. So another 200 and something dollars a month month for the rest of your life for a uh, 8%. Wait, did I do that right? Uh, a Yeah, that, that, that sounds right. Somewhere over $200 extra a month for the rest of your life. And so that's no small matter. So so people always ask the question when you bring that up. They say, no, wait, wait. Now, does that just affect people who are collecting Social Security? Or is it people who are getting ready to collect Social Security? Who does it affect? Yeah, that's a good question because I remember last year when I think it was 5% the year before, 8% last year. People that hadn't started Social Security were asking me, "Hey, Garrett, should I should I sign up this year so I can get that eight percent? That seems like a big deal." And uh, the the answer was no. That should not influence your filing decision because even if you haven't started Social Security yet, there's this fancy name they use in Social Security called your primary insurance amount, your PIA, but. A lot of people just know that as the amount that you're going to get when you turn your full retirement age. So if somebody's full retirement age benefit was $3,000 a month and they hadn't started yet, then their $3,000 a month would just go up by 8.7%. And so, no, you don't have to file in order to benefit from that. And if you're already on Social Security, you're going to get that automatic increase on the upcoming January. So let's uh, announce the big number. Maybe some people have heard it, but I bet a lot of people haven't. In 2024, everybody uh, who is currently on Social Security or even those people that aren't yet started are going to get a 3.2% 
cost of living adjustment, a 3.2% COLA for 2024. And so obviously that's not as big as last year's 8.7%. But I think a lot of people uh, probably felt like I did, like you did, Paul, and our clients, when they'd go to Costco or Target last year, it was like every week you went, prices were going up on uh, meats and vegetables and clothing items. It was like, for my wife and I, it was kind of unbelievable. It was like, you know, this thing went up $3. This thing went up $2. Uh, and, you know, I, I feel like you can kind of tell a little bit that inflation has come back a little bit from where it was last year. And so I think that's the whole point with these cost of living adjustments is that uh, the United States program and the Social Security program, they want people's Social Security benefit to keep its purchasing power constant through retirement. And so it is lower than last year, but still 3% is good. And just to just to reiterate, the way they're figuring it is comparing third quarter of last year to third quarter of this year. Uh, correct, and uh, you know, last year, depending on what quarter you looked at, made a big difference. Uh, but but to me, that three per three point two percent number sounds about right based on what I've. Uh, what I felt, I guess, even as I go out and shop for things. So let's talk about just for a second or a couple minutes, why cost of living adjustments are so important. And so I thought I'd kind of explain it by, let's take an, uh, an average client, let's say, uh, a married couple comes into our office and they're asking you and I, Paul, when should we file for social security benefits? The, uh, everybody's a little unique. As soon as I try to generalize, I'm going to do somebody a disfavor if they follow that advice. But uh, let's just take an average couple where a husband and wife, maybe the husband's a few years older than a spouse, and the husband has a $3,000 a month benefit, and the the wife or the other spouse has a $1,500 a month benefit. Uh, The more we can delay that older spouse's benefit that has the larger one, uh, you're going to, you're going to get a big benefit one. And it it, it grows at like 8% per year, every year after full retirement age, but also a cost of living adjustment on a larger number also makes a big deal. So if somebody's benefit is, you know, I I see some close to $4,000 a month right now, if you get an 8.7% cost of living adjustment early in retirement, that's, that's a bigger deal than an 8.7% on a $2,800 benefit. And so uh, there's a couple things here with Social Security planning. One is uh, Social Security still, even in a period of high inflation, is a great deal for a married couple, especially the higher benefit person, to delay that. Uh but there's also this element of a survivor benefit, arguably the most important feature of Social Security in that if you have a married couple, whoever lives longer gets to keep the higher benefit. And so there is a lot of incentive for a older, higher earning spouse, especially if they're male, which typically don't live as long, to delay taking their social security benefits so that a younger spouse uh, might receive that higher amount for a long, long time. And so anytime, like we have a few clients, Paul, where the younger spouse is greater than 10 years age difference. And boy, we, we, you know, sometimes those are a challenge because they want to start their social security and, uh, 
you know, enjoy their retirement. But other times it's protecting a spouse as the priority issue. And if we can get a spouse to 70 before filing, uh, that makes a huge difference for a spouse that's bigger than, than 10 years age difference. Now, what I don't want our listeners to hear is, oh, the guys on the radio are telling everybody to wait till age 70 because again we could repeat this till we're blue in the face but every household is different and so i have tried often when i get the stats on someone to really guess what our software is going to tell us to do and it's a little bit easier now since the law changed uh a little different than it was prior to 2016 somewhere in there but now even now with the current rules on the benefits to assume that, oh, I, I need to wait, it, it, that could be wrong. And so um, I think Sandy was a, uh, was a great example where my wife, had, you know, the Social Security told her to file at 62, you know. And so everything, uh, we, we are not giving advice over the air here, but, but the principle you stated is – totally valid the the longer you can wait you're going to get that eight percent and that survivor is going to keep that higher amount for a long time i got a question for you so i remember in the 90s me and a buddy we always used to talk uh about you know trying to get you know we were uh, back in the 90s we were on on commission and we were selling long-term care insurance and we were looking for the day when we received enough income to where we wouldn't have anything withheld on Social Security. And so I think some people might wonder where that figure has changed to this year. In other words, after this amount, you don't have anything withheld for Social Security. What is that amount now? Yeah, and before I answer that, there's a difference between federal income taxes uh, which is that 1040 return that you fill out every year and something we call payroll taxes. And so everybody has to pay federal income tax. Even if you're retired and you're receiving Social Security, you're probably going to be paying some form of federal income tax. But you only pay that payroll tax while you're in your earning and working years. And that's what you're referring to, right, Paul, right. Uh, is that if you're working and still uh, earning money, you're going to be paying, if you're an employee, 6.2% of your earnings back to the Social Security program. But uh, one interesting feature about Social Security is that they cap the income level at which you have to pay that 6.2%. And so I want to say when I first started in 2013, that number was like 120000 or something. Sounds right. I don't have that here in front of me. Uh, but in 2024, that, that upper income amount has grown to $168,600. And so what that means is that if you were working a job and you were earning $150,000, you'd have to pay 6.2% on that entire $150,000. If your income was $200,000, you would only pay Social Security 6.2% up to this new $168,600 number. And this is something that you're we're seeing punted around uh, in Washington about, is that fair that 
you know, Jeff Bezos and these multimillionaires, do they, that they only have to pay social security tax up to 168,000? Shouldn't they have to pay the 6.2% all the way up for all of their earnings like the rest of America? And uh, I think that's something that we may see uh, in the next decade. Where they raise uh, that number. Where they raise it. But uh, the, the opposition argument side is that once you get to a certain income threshold level in Social Security, you aren't getting uh, a a meaningful return for the you know hundreds of thousands of dollars that you're paying in. Social Security is designed where somebody that makes a lower income in their life gets like a 90% replacement ratio of that income. Once you make over $200,000, your benefit might go from $3,995 up to $4,033. It's just a, a very low return. And so two sides of that conversation, but I do think, um, you know, if you're near that threshold of 168, you get a little bonus. <laughs> well, before we run out of time, can you share any of the updated uh, working rules yeah, these these have gone up a little bit. I'll just share the the one window that matters for a lot of people. It's uh, for somebody that wants to file for their Social Security benefit uh, between the ages of 62 and December 31st of the year before you turn full retirement age. So for a lot of people out there, their full retirement age is going to be 67. And so that window of time I just mentioned would be between ages 62 and December 31st of that year before you turn 67. And what Social Security allows you to do, they say you can you can keep working and file for your Social Security benefit, but in 2024, you could only earn $22,320 a year before Social Security would start to withhold $1 for every $2 you earn over that amount. So if the, that number is 22320 and let's say you make it work $44,320, that means you're $20,000 over the limit. And if you said Social Security said, me my money, uh, at the end of the year, Social Security would deduct $10,000 from your Social Security benefits, which you may not like. And so what I tell people is uh, if you're in that position before 67 and you're wanting to work and take your Social Security benefit at the same time, that's where it pays to uh, meet with somebody like me uh, to make sure you don't run afoul of any rules because I've seen some really confusing situations and frustrated uh, retirees because they're trying to work that through. Super helpful, Garrett. I, I, I really, I don't think anyone in Tennessee, I would not go to anyone else uh, other than you with my questions on Social Security. So I admire the way that you've dug in, you know the, you, you know the details, anything you don't know, you've got resources where you can know the answer within 24 hours. So kudos uh, for the hard work you've done on Social Security. 865-770-5031. If you've got questions, give us a holler, and we'll look forward to talking to you next week. All right. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Making Finances Easier. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, or Bruce Landis at Providence Wealth Management. Call 865-770-5031 or visit them online 
at makingfinancesEasier.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Providence Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Tennessee. Insurance products and services are offered through Providence Advisors Group, LLC. Providence Advisors Group, LLC, and Providence Wealth Management, LLC, are affiliated companies. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. We are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration, the Federal Medicare Program, or any other government agency. Calling this number will direct you to a licensed sales agent.